But you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. And I charge you before God, who gives life to all, and before Christ Jesus, who gave a good testimony before Pontius Pilate, that you obey this command without wavering. Then no one can find fault with you from now until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. For at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only almighty God, the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. He alone can never die, and he lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach him. No human eye has ever seen him, nor ever will. All honor and power to him forever. Amen. Thanks, Dana, uh, for coming in and reading that scripture for us. My name is Josh, one of the pastors here. I'm the, the CVC's Strongsville campus pastor, and I appreciate you being willing to invite us into your home. I uh, hope you're doing well. hope your family's safe. I hope they're healthy, and I hope you guys are getting your feet underneath you. You know, I've been speaking with a number of families and individuals, and I feel like the last eight weeks, we all got punched in the face. It's like we're kind of, uh, you know, knocked off our rocker. We're dazed. We're a little bit confused. But it seems like we're starting to get our feet underneath us. There's a level of new normal being, being uh, established. And I, I have a question for you on how you dealt with the past six weeks. You know, brain scientists uh, share with us and their research shows that whenever we go into seasons of uncertainty, our nervous, system, nervous systems do one of three things. Either they fight, flight, you probably heard fight or flight, but there's a third option, freeze. Either we fight, we flight, or we freeze. So here's my question for you. If you had to define your response to the past six weeks, would it be fight, fight with your neighbors, fight with your boss, your spouse, your kids, the internet, God, whoever it is. Were you, were you fight or you flight with distractions and food and drink and Netflix or you freeze? You're just like almost like a time warp groundhog's day, right? So I'm going to give you about 90 seconds in your living room with the people you're watching with, or you could text someone, hey, I think I did this. Or if you're watching on Facebook, you could comment in the comment section below. So I'm going to give you 90 seconds to just talk about that.
All right. Hope that was a helpful conversation. I'll, I'll share with you what I experienced. I think I froze. I felt like personally, professionally, it just my feet were in quicksand. And so that's something that I'm kind of learning and something that I want to learn how to grow through. You know, we see uh, in our scripture today, in 1 Timothy that was just read earlier, we see a, a letter written by an older, wiser man to his young apprentice. So it's, a, it's a letter written from a mentor named the Apostle Paul to his apprentice named Timothy. And this letter was written to Timothy during a season of major uncertainty in Timothy's, Timothy's life. Let me tell you about it. So the Apostle Paul, he's kind of a big deal. Probably all heard of him. Uh, he went and set up churches throughout the Mediterranean. And one of those churches one is, was in an influential city called Ephesus. And he appointed Timothy. Those folks didn't vote for Timothy. He appointed Timothy and said, watch over things until I come back. Timothy, he's a young guy. He's new in his career, new in his city. He thought, okay, I guess I can deal with this for a little while. Well, you know what happens? Paul gets put into prison. So no longer does Timothy have his mentor. No longer is Paul's name kind of the backing of everything Timothy does. Now Timothy finds himself in a major season of uncertainty. So Paul is writing Timothy instructions on what to do. And you know what he tells Timothy to do? During a season of uncertainty, he doesn't know what the future holds. What does Paul tell Timothy to do? I think it's the same thing God's telling you to do today. I think it's time to fight. You see, Paul tells Timothy to fight the good fight of the faith. And I know many of us feel like, man, fighting is the last thing I feel equipped to do. But CVC or Christian, whoever's listening, my encouragement for you and the word from Scripture this morning is this. It's time to fight. It's time to fight for your faith. It's time to fight to keep your faith. Maybe you're struggling with God about a job loss, physical health, maybe a loss of a loved one. God, what, what's going on? It's time to fight for your faith. It's time to fight to grow your faith through prayer, through spiritual disciplines, through activities, fasting, whatever you can put your hands on. It's time to grow your faith and it's time to fight to share your faith. CVCer, now's the time to fight. You've been punched in the face, but you kind of got your feet underneath you. And it's time to fight the good fight of faith, okay? Well, I'm going to pray, and we're going to look at this letter from Paul and see how God can uh, instruct us, guide us, equip us to fight the good fight of faith. So let's pray. If you could bow with me, I'd appreciate it. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we have this inspired by the Holy Spirit letter that we can look at 
during seasons of uncertainty to know what we must do. And Lord, I know we all feel knocked on our tail and we've kind of gotten up, dust ourselves off. Give us strength and energy and courage to fight the good fight of faith and help us to understand your word better so that we can be equipped to wage that warfare, to fight that fight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so if you have a Bible, Bible app, you could turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6, starting in verse 11. And here's what I want to do for the remainder of our time. I want to explain two things. I want to first explain the foundation for the fight. And then second, I want to explain how to fight. Okay, so look with me. 1 Timothy chapter 6, starting in verse 11. But as for you, O man of God or O woman of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness, fight the good fight of the faith. So in the midst of upheaval, difficulty, uncertainty, we have to fight. Now, the word here for the term fight, it's the word that would be used for a gladiatorial competition. And back in the gladiator days, uh, boxing, bare-knuckle bare boxing um, was a commonly practiced thing. And so was wrestling. These huge hulking guys would, would, would wrestle and fight within the Colosseum. You know, I don't know if you can tell, but uh, God did not give me the hardware to be be a fighter. So I've actually never been punched in my face. I was never a wrestler, but I can imagine what that would be like. And I think a lot of us will have experienced that. And I do know one thing from watching other people fight is if you're in a boxing ring or you're in a wrestling match, you can't freeze and you can only flee for a certain amount of time. Eventually you got to turn out, you got to square up and you got to fight. Brother and sister in Christ, maybe someone who's just exploring the faith, now's that time. You've been hit, you've been busted, you, you, you've been dazed, but now's the time to fight. It's time to square up your shoulders and it's time to engage in this life, in this world, in this pandemic, to grow in the midst of it. You can't wait it out. Look, the only way past this is through this. The only way past this is to fight your way out. That's the only way. So my hope is that we look at these, uh, this uh, a way to fight in the foundation for this fight. It gives us a clearer picture of how we're to respond in our day-to-day -day lives. You see, probably when I'm he hearing this thing, you might think, Josh, I, fighting is like the last thing on my mind. I feel... I feel like a big old pile of lazy, right? I, I just can't get my life in gear or I'm irritable or I'm frustrated or I'm afraid. You know, Timothy was that way as well. You know, we look, it's interesting. We look throughout the uh, um, other writings that Paul wrote to Timothy, it, except if you read between the lines, it's apparent that Timothy's kind of an anxious person. So Paul knew this when he wrote to Timothy. He said, fight the good fight of faith. And that's why immediately after this verse... Paul reminds Timothy of the foundation for the fight. Look with me at verse 14. Starting in the middle of verse 14, talking about the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He who is blessed 
and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Here's the foundation for the fight. Is that Jesus is sovereign. Jesus is the one king of kings. He's the one Lord of lords. He's the one person who knows everything and can do everything. Jesus reigned before COVID. Jesus reigns during COVID. And Jesus will reign after COVID. Jesus knows what's going on. We got to remember, when you and I check the news... And we wake up and, and when we see what's going on with the market, we see what's going on with jobs, with health, with the health workers. Know that that's not news to Jesus. He knows the end from the beginning. And that is good news because that gives us a sure and confident confidence in who Christ is and in the future. We are uncertain. God's not uncertain. We don't know what the future holds, but God knows what the future holds. And that is the foundation for the fight. So the question for you is this. Will your faith, will your life, will it flourish or will it falter during COVID-19? The answer to that question depends on how you fight. Will your life flourish? Will your faith flourish? Will your relationships flourish? Or will they falter during COVID-19? It all depends on how you and how me, how we fight. All right. How do we fight? Well, Scripture gives us that. Look at me back at verse 11. But as for you, O man of God, O woman of God, this is a common uh, title from the Old Testament saying someone who God's hand is on. And if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, that means God has chosen you to be his son or daughter. And you are a man or woman of God, even if you don't feel like it, even if you don't act like it. Okay. <laughs> but as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. So we fight by fleeing and we fight by pursuing. Okay, first, we fight by fleeing. What do we flee? Well, we can look uh, back through the rest of this book to see what we're to flee. The first thing we're to flee is falsehood. Uh, chapter 1, verse 4 says this, Charge certain persons not to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies, which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. Later, chapter 4, verse 7, Have nothing to do with irre irreverent, silly myths. Rather, Train yourself in godliness. And again, chapter 6, verse 4 and 5, talks about false teachers has an, an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarreling about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth. That's in CVC here. It doesn't matter what Uncle Frank says. 
Mr. Clean and the Charmin Bear did not join forces to create coronavirus so that we would buy their products. That's a silly myth. That's a conspiracy theory. That's a falsehood. Look, if you want to share something during coronavirus, share your faith, not a conspiracy theory. Look, I didn't write it. Look for it. It's, it's all in here, okay? This is not Josh speaking. It's the Apostle Paul speaking. If you're going to share something, share your faith. We fight by fleeing falsehood. Second thing, we fight by fleeing greed. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 through 10 says this, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root to all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. We fight by fleeing greed. Look, I know some of us um, have received our COVID-19 stimulus check, right? Deb and I uh, received that uh, uh, when, you know, the day it, it, it came out, you know, it makes you thankful for the kids, right? <laughs> uh, probably shouldn't have said that. Um, so we got our stimulus check. Many of you guys have, and I know the temptation. Go on Amazon, go on Best Buy. Oh, what can I, what can I uh, buy with this free money? Well, one of the ways we fight as believers is we fight by fleeing greed. And the way to f- flee greed is through generosity. You know, I think we've all been impacted in some way financially through COVID, some more than others. So the question for you and the question for me is this. Is there someone that God is putting on our minds who we are to share some or all of that money with someone who's poor, much poorer than us. Someone who maybe is a single mom, maybe is just got back on their feet and they've lost a job. That was something that they were really hoping to keep for a long time. I'm not saying that's what God has for you, but I am saying if there's a name that keeps coming up in your mind, when you check your bank account, that's probably what God's trying to do is give you the joy of giving. So we, we fight by fleeing greed. And one of the ways to flee greed is through generosity. All right. We fight by fleeing falsehood. We fight by fleeing greed. We fight by fleeing fear. I mentioned earlier, Timothy's probably an anxious sort of person. He was nervous. So we see over and again, Paul encouraging Timothy to have courage. We see the very beginning of the second letter to Timothy saying, hey, God didn't give you a spirit of fear or of timidity. So we fight by fleeing fear. Now, how do we do that? Because fear, fear, a lot of F words, fear seems to follow us everywhere we go. It's like something that just sticks to us. What do we do? Well, we flee fear by fleeing those sources of conversation or those sources of information that begin that fear cycle in our hearts. I think for some of us, maybe a lot of us, it's the news. You know, we're in this day that we have a five minute news cycle. You could check the news every five minutes and something will be on there that's new. 
And maybe the news is something that's causing you fear. Maybe you need to just take a step back from the constant news cycle and fix your mind and fix your heart on God's word. Because God's word never stays the same. It is eternal, but it pierces our hearts. Check the news. Sure, but remind yourself it's not news to God. He's in control. He's sovereign. He knows what's going on. And whatever you need to do, establish those patterns to keep yourself away from the sources that produce fear in your life. Okay? Well, we fight by fleeing falsehood, greed, and fear. But just like any fight, success depends both on avoiding and engaging. So what do we engage? How do we engage in this fight? We see that in verse the second half of verse 11. We pursue. We fight by pursuing righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. So commentators tell us that this six virtue list is really three ideas and each having two sides to one coin. So righteousness and godliness are kind of one pair. Love and faith are one pair. And then steadfastness and gentleness are one pair. So let me look at that first pair. Righteousness, godliness. And before we get into this uh, list, I don't know if you have the experience that I did when I was first reading this list, but I was super convicted. (laughs) I mean, like godliness, gentleness, steadfastness. I felt, man, I am like 0 for 6 on this list. So let me share with you how I've kind of processed it in my own heart, in my own life. And maybe I can share with you some practices that's been helpful for me. Okay. So that first pair, uh, righteousness, godliness. Uh, Righteousness is where someone lives according to God's law, And the other side of the corn, godliness. Godliness is when someone is the same on the inside as they are on the outside, just like God. So you fight to always do the right thing, no matter what, just like God. And here's a question for you. What daily pattern could you start or stop to make it easier to be righteous or godly? Is there a daily pattern that you've kind of been part of that you know is a place or a source that causes you to sin. Well, what do you need to stop and what do you need to start to keep that pattern away and to break that pattern off? I tell you, with me, um, I started putting my cell phone to bed. I put it to bed downstairs. I plug it up uh, in the kitchen area and I don't touch it. I don't reference it. Uh, I you know, go upstairs, spend time with my family, put the kids to bed. Deb and I spend time together, go to sleep. And then when I wake up, I come down and I first read my Bible and pray and make coffee before I touch my phone. That's a pattern for me that gets my mind and my heart on doing the right thing, doing the hard thing, even if it's the right thing. Maybe that could be helpful for you. So what daily pattern could you start or stop to make it easier to be righteous or godly? All right, that second pair, faith, love. Faith is that vertical dimension of loving God. And love here is that horizontal dimension of loving neighbor. We love God and we love neighbor. I tell you what, producing faith 
looks like deeper trust and desire for God's presence in your life. And pursuing love means greater acts of service toward those near and in need. You know, you will never grow your faith in God without great effort. And you will never, you will never grow your love for neighbor without great action. So here's a question for you. What can you do to show those around you that you love them? Maybe it's your, your roommate. Maybe you don't love your roommate right now. God still calls you to love them, to do acts of love, good works. So what can you do to show your neighbor, show your coworkers, maybe um, your family, whoever that is, to show them that you love them, even if you aren't feeling like you love them at that moment? Let me share with you what I've been doing. So every day when I need to switch from dad from from work mode to dad mode, I've been repeating this mantra in my heart. I'm not the king, I'm the servant. I'm not the king of the castle. I come home and kids are there, need stuff. My wife's there, need stuff. It's not like, all right, bring me my smoking pipe and I will read a novel in my chair and no one talk to me. As tempting as that would be. But God has called me to be a servant. I'm a servant of God to Deborah and to my children. Do I, do I bat a thousand on that every day? No, I do not. But it's something that God is reminding me. This mantra has really helped me. So question for you, what can you do to show those around you that you love them? All right, last pair, steadfastness and gentleness. Steadfastness, also uh, elsewhere translated patience, is defined by one commentator as this. The ability to hold on, to persevere in the faith, not to give up, but here's the key, to be always full of hope, even though all the signs tend to in- indicate otherwise. That's pretty good. And then gentleness. Here's a definition of gentleness that I think could be really helpful for you. Doing or saying what is necessary without anger. Doing or saying what is necessary, whether they're at work, at home, in relationships, without anger. So here's a question for you. What do you need to grab hold of in order to be gentle with your roommates, your parents, your children, your coworkers? Look, we fight by pursuing steadfastness and gentleness. Question for you. (laughs) Of all these six virtues, which one is the hardest for you to live according to? Hardest for you to pursue? I'm going to say the virtues. I want you to raise your hand when that's that you, when, when that one is the one that's hardest for you. Okay. Is it righteousness? Is it godliness? Is it love? Is it faith? Is it steadfastness? <laughs> is it gentleness? Which one is it for you? Well, let me share. For me, it's, it's steadfastness. Absolutely. As I shared earlier, I felt like after this coronavirus thing and all the changes that are happening and have happened, I just feel like, oh, I was stuck in, in quicksand. And as I was thinking through, Lord, I want to I be a man who's steadfast. I want to be a man who clings to 
tightly to God's word, to Jesus Christ through prayer. I want to be that type of man. And this is the difficult season. This is the uphill climb that you begin to build your endurance. And I want to be that type of person. So I was like, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? So, so what, what I began to think is, well, maybe I need an inspiration. Maybe I'll look at an inspiring story online. or Maybe I need a technique that will give me power to kind of accomplish, uh, uh, kind of push ahead, um, a habit that allowed me to push ahead in this season. But I felt the still small voice of the Holy Spirit begin to tell me, Josh, you have that. You have Jesus. He's the perfect example. Think of righteousness. He fled every sin his entire life. He was perfect. Think of the godliness. He was God in the flesh. Yet on the cross, he was stripped naked. He was whipped. He was made fun of. He was treated like a criminal. I think about the trust and the faith that Jesus had to say to his father, not my will, but yours be done. I think of the love that kept him on the cross, the love for God's commands to keep him on the cross, that knowing that through his sacrificial death, you and I could have our sins forgiven. You know what really hit me? The steadfastness. He's on the cross. He's bleeding. He's dying. He's being made fun of. He's half naked. And in a moment's notice, he could have called the legions of angels to take him off the cross. But every moment he decided, at this moment, I am the king of kings, but I'm the servant. And you think about the gentleness, the gentleness with which he cared for the thief on the cross and his mother. As he was dying on the cross, he said, John, you take care of my mother when I die. Not only do we have an example, but we've been given the same spirit, the Holy Spirit, to live with inside of us, to empower us specifically for this time. And I remember in the kitchen, I think the kids were in bed. I was walking around the kitchen, just just overwhelmed by God in his power, in his love, in his strength. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready to fight. I want to fight for my faith. I want to fight to grow my faith. I want to fight to share my faith. That's where I'm at. Where are you? Are you tired of feeling dazed? Are you tired of feeling like your feet are in quicksand? Well, now's the time to fight. We fight by fleeing and we fight by pursuing, knowing that we have one who who has already fought and already won our battle on our behalf. That's Jesus Christ. And he's given us all the power we need through his Holy Spirit. That's my encouragement for you today. I think it's something that God's been working in my life, but you know, it's time to fight. It's time to fight. You know, we, we at CVC, we want to give you a, a pathway to fight. What we've, what we've developed, and you'll see more about it coming up, we've developed a May challenge. Okay, We're going to challenge you in various ways to grow in your faith during the month of May. We're going to roll it out um, in this next week. So keep an eye out for that um, kind of roadmap of growth for the month of May. And before I pray to close, I want to encourage anyone listening 
who have not put their faith and trust in Jesus. You've never said, Jesus, I actually, I recognize that you rule over everything, that I don't rule over everything, you do. If you've never done that, today's the day you just say, Jesus, I don't have anything under control. My future is uncertain, but I believe that you hold the future. Would you, uh, would you forgive me of my sins? Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Give me your Holy Spirit so that I can be not the king, but the servant to the king. And if you believe that in your heart, let us know. You have become a child of God. You've become new in Christ, but we want to walk with you and teach you what that means. And we would love, love uh, to hear from you. All right, well, let me pray, and then we'll have some more opportunity to worship. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are sovereign, and we praise you. We thank you that when we check the news with anxious thoughts, that it's not news to you. Lord, thank you that you have fought the fight, and you've won it on our behalf, and you've given us an example You've given us your spirit. Help us to fight. Help us to fight the good fight of faith. Help us to square up, clench our fists, lean into the work so that when we come out of this whole thing into this new normal, our lives and our faith will have flourished, not faltered. We want that, not because we want great lives, but because we want to show others how awesome you are. We love you, Lord. We thank you. I don't know. I get really excited to see my brothers and sisters watching right now in person. Give us wisdom and know when to do that. And uh, we, uh, we know that we're not limited, <laughs> but we do look forward to being together soon. So God, help us, empower us, strengthen us, we pray in Jesus' name.